Welcome back, John Scandato, to Red River Podcast. Uh, you know, we we are uh, a few years removed from the episode that we did. You know, the saga. It, it's basically like when when you would get like VHS tapes of like the Godfather or Once Upon a Time in America, it would come with like three VHS tapes because it was so long. <laughs> so right. that, that was basically the episode. I was just... <laughs> it's I a director's we, cut. I think we it's had like six hours of talking. Really? No, we don't. Uh, I think it was like three. And we had uh, like, you know, but yeah. but it was on, you know, it was uh, it was a free flowing conversation. You know, a lot's happened since then. So we'll, we're going to keep it. We're going to lock it down in like a 60, 70 minute. Uh, yeah, for normal sure. Normal podcast, normal and, podcast. And I think what happened was is like, you know, we were still kind of like, you know, maybe like peeking at the window post pandemic. It was probably. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. So we were just like excited yeah. to talk to anyone. And and in it, we were talking about, you know, playing that show together. And, uh, you know, but anyway, so like, I, John, you're, you know, anyone listening, obviously uh, know you from bands, also podcast. Um, I had the pleasure of playing with one of your uh, with your later band, which is uh, Synthetic 16. You guys did a reunion. And uh, it was at the Coney Island uh, Brewery. And mm. uh, so tell me wh- how that felt, because we, we never got a chance to really break this down. But how did it feel to to basically have that performance, knowing possibly it was going to be the last time you were ever going to play live music and uh, everything that happened after? Yeah. So the only reason that show happened was probably because of our conversation. Mm. Um, I don't know if you know that or not, but it is. I would say maybe 50 to 60% of that took place because that conversation opened up other conversations with other people and then other people got involved. So there's two, two reasons why that show happened, which is going to be three years ago in the fall, if you could believe that, but um, is that wild? It's almost three years ago. But um, one is the conversation you and I had. And the other is my brother. And I'm going to be, have to say their names every time because there's yeah. so many, but my brother, Mike. So, there was, if it was no conversation with you and no Mike Scandato, that never would have happened. Sure. It just wouldn't have. It just never, ever would have happened. So that's really where that came from. And COVID was still kind of a thing. Uh, if you remember, uh, there was still a lot of restrictions in New York in particular, um, in the state and especially in the city. So that was a factor. Um, you know, I had put that together in my mind and then I, you know, uh, went from an idea in my head and then I spoke to Mike about it and I spoke to you about it and then other people. And so, um, you know, I, I, looking back on it now, I, I have some trepidations about it because with some trepidation, because I had, I feel like I had this really good idea to do it. And, you know, I maybe discounted what it's like to be in a band, which you and oh. I have talked about. No, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Believe me. I, yeah. We, we you know, know. We know. Yeah. So for people that don't know, because this is not an experience everybody has, right? So, you know, a band is sort of, it's a relationship. It's an intimate relationship. Without Usually sex. With, without sex. Nobody's getting laid. And that's, and the payoff you're sharing like, like collectively, right? <laughs> so, you know, it really is a relationship. So, um, I had spent that summer rehearsing. I think I talked to you about that a little bit offline. Like I was rehearsing. It's like, holy shit, I'm going to band practice. And I, you know, full disclosure, that was a very difficult time in my family because my wife was a hospital nurse traveling for COVID. 
I lost my job to COVID. So the only thing I had to focus on was just running every day and getting ready for this show. So, you know, in, in hindsight, I think I, so much emphasis was put on it for me personally because of the chaos of COVID, of, you know, lose, I lost my job. I was unemployed, like I, you know, for a very long time through almost most of the pandemic and the pressure of that on myself. And I was scared I was going to fall apart. So I just kept exercising like a fucking lunatic, you know, and that that could be a dangerous thing, too, especially. Well, listen there. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 you took it there. I, I wasn't going to take it there, but I'm thinking like uh, of all things to really hone in on. Uh, there could be worse, you know, uh, things no, that to... could be. Yeah. I mean, and at this time I was not really like, you know, I wasn't really drinking. I certainly was not taking edibles the way I've sort of become accustomed to doing and stuff like that. But, um, you know, for me, I, I needed to exercise that demon. And as it got closer to the show, the band circumstance behind it and the relationship of that, which you're well aware of, and most people that have been in the band are well aware of, that started creeping in again. And it was just kind of like, you know, I don't like this set list. Why are we doing this song here? We shouldn't play that. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man, like, this is exactly what I didn't want to do. But the difference in this go around, Sam, unlike my whole fucking 30 years of doing this plus was that I didn't draw a line in the sand and say, nope, we're doing this or I'm not playing. Like none of that happened. I'm not, you know, but when you bring all these personalities together, especially with a lot of baggage, you know, it, it could be a bit much, you know, yeah. uh, I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, the aftermath of that, quite frankly, was not what I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is, which is weird, you know, because I, I don't know any part of the story, you know, to me, like I watch mm -hmm. you uh, and it, it, it was great even to meet Pete, right. The singer of uh, oh, Pete Ross from a uh, five cent hero. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of stayed in touch too. He's playing with a whole bunch of bands too. So like that night, yeah, was he's like, great. that night was I, probably different for me. Cause I was like, Oh, I got to like hang out with you and watch your band and all this other stuff, meet him. Um, so here I am thinking like everything is great. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, I guess there was some sort of <laughs> aftermath. So I guess fill me in on, on what happens. Well, yeah. So like, so the way the aftermath kind of went down was um, there were a lot of people who couldn't be there. And uh, unfortunately, I hate to keep beating this horse, but part of the reason was COVID. Um, I personally, I'm sure as you know, too, I know a lot of people that refuse to get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. And the reasons are their own. And I'm certainly not here to litigate that. And I never would anyway. Um, people couldn't make it. There were people that, you know, traveled for it. People flew here. People flew here to play. Um, and the tone of people who were there was, you need to do this again. Like when, when this cloud isn't, you know, hanging over us. So I thought that would be a good idea. So yeah. I, you probably don't know this. No, My brother but, we, Mike we, knows we, this. but we did talk I, or, or I yeah. did, I did have that temperature gauge. Cause maybe even Mike mentioned it too, where like maybe the following year there would be yeah, one more. Summer. So, yeah. So that's what, so the idea I had, and I honestly don't know if you know this or not, but my brother Mike knew it was, I said, I have an idea. Tell me what you think. Cause I bounce all this off of him because unlike Anybody else in my family or a lot of my close friends, with the exception of maybe you, um, Mike is consistent. Like you, like you guys are consistent. You're consistently playing. You're consistently doing things. You're consistently going to shows. You're consistently talking about music. Yeah. So all of that, I, I, I went to him immediately. And I also knew from my brother Mike's perspective that his only agenda was that he wanted this for me. So I, that's why I entrusted this to him. So I said to Mike, I said, listen, this was probably in the winter 
and I said, I have an idea. I was like, now that COVID's kind of gone, what if we redo that show, same bands play, but we do it on a Saturday, like outside, I set up with Farley, there's no restrictions, anybody can go, we'll have it outside, nice weather, because that fucking poured that night, it was beautiful all day, and then it poured. Yeah, the day before it was stunning. It was like one of these most beautiful, most beautiful days in New York. And I'm in a studio all day rehearsing like a fucking idiot. Yeah. So Mike goes, absolutely. Like he was like, yeah, great idea. Great idea. I go, now, obviously that would be the last time that we play, but I still felt like there was some high vibes. Like after that, like people were excited that playing. Um, and then um, I, unbeknownst to me, uh, I had the video from the show. They shot the video from the show and I put it on YouTube, which I've never done in my life. Okay. I, I never in my life have I put anything on YouTube. And I put, I made a channel, I put it on YouTube. Congratulations. I I, <laughs> well, don't congratulate me just yet. <laughs> so, so I, and also for people that don't know, I have a super large, large, but a super loyal group of people that do not know me from music from anything. They know sure. me as John Draper. Yeah, they they would just be excited to see the video. They wanted to come. Some people came to the show that were like the band, like the the podcast from Wrestling Soup to you know Break the Apocalypse, which is now uh, Spitball Media, which we'll talk about. But so I, Mike was like, I think it's a great idea. So I was like, okay. But prior to that, I put the video out on a YouTube channel, and I'm in a group chat with everybody. And I just said, hey, I uploaded the video, and the uh, audio wasn't that great, but it was just, you know, I mean, what, it is what it is, right? It's funny. Yeah, like anything. Like, I, yeah, yeah. E- even with us, like, I heard, uh, you know, like, any clips and someone took, I'm like, oh, we played that too fast or something, you know, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, you know, somebody's, you know, maybe it's not the best or whatever. Yeah. So, but we put it up there, and it was, it's a fun video. I mean, you were there. The people had a fun time. Everybody was whooping it up. It was yeah. fun. It was jokey, whatever. It was very low-key. I'm climbing on shit. Like, what, what would be a problem with doing that, right? And then, like, immediately, the backlash from the people in the band came. Like, how could you do, like, making fun of me or, like, whatever. Like, this is terrible. Oh, my God. This should be destroyed. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is this? Right? And then one of them said, you're going to take it down, right? Like, very seriously. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, what the fuck? Like, who cares? Like, it's not... You know what I mean? Like, who cares? Like, it's, it is what it is. And I took it down and I had a chip on my shoulder about taking it down and I deleted it. Don't even know if I have it. And then when the conversations about this started up again, one of the guys said something to the effect of every, a couple of people were already on board. Like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. I like this idea better, blah, blah, blah. And then one of them, which I'm not here to throw people under a bus. I'm just going to be honest said, well, when you said this was your last show, that's was, in my opinion, this was the last time I was ever going to play with you too. Okay. So in my mind, I'm like, well, then that's one less person that's going to play. Somebody else will take that person's place <laughs> the way bands work, right? Sure. Um, like I would ask Pete Ross. I could ask like anybody, right? Not could ask anybody, but you know. So, uh, and then the temperature just completely cooled. And that was that. And I was just like, wow, what a what a sad, odd little way to ruin something that so many people told me they enjoyed. Like, you know, and that well, I thought we all enjoyed. I enjoyed being with them. We, I had such a good time being with them. And it was very low key and funny. And we were like, we were like making fun of each other it, immediately. It was, it was, it was a it, great, you know, it was just really sad. Yeah, it was an awesome night, you know, for, for me to like, uh, basically, obviously hear you guys 
in recordings first and then watch it. I think you were great. I think you sounded great. Like, absolutely. Oh, I loved everything about it. They don't think so. <laughs> uh, they don't think yeah, so. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, maybe, you know, the thing is, is like, it, it's so much easier to enjoy other people's sets than it is mm. your own once you start really breaking it down. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a reunion of a band that existed so long ago and to have total fun that you can't really like just sit there and like pick apart things and like suck the fun out of everything because it's just like, okay, so like, this is what it is like, all right, a YouTube video, mm -hmm. maybe I don't like how this came out or whatever, but like I was, I was there and I thought you fucking sounded great. I thought everyone oh, sounded thank great. You. I thought the song yeah, sounded great. Yeah, I thought great. everybody sounded great. I thought all the bands played well. Like it was like, I don't know what was missing from this. And a part of me, and I, and I, you know, not to die on a cross, but a part of me, and I think my brother, Mike, I said this to him and maybe my wife, I said, I feel like they saw that I was maybe liking it too much. Like, I don't know, like, I can't see, like, what would be, what is the downside of playing songs you wrote with people 20 years ago, twice in 20 years and keeping that a fun vibe? Like, what, what's the downside? You know, uh, and we worked hard for it. I thought everybody worked very hard. I was very happy with everybody's attitude about everything. I literally, and this is God's honest truth, Sam. Right before we played, I went over to each one of them and kissed them on the cheek, almost like in a biblical way, because I felt like, well, I'm never doing this again. I've yeah. never done a thing like that in my life. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and my my children are there. You met my wife and my children. Well, listen, fucking... turning 50 does weird things to people, apparently. It does. It does. <laughs> I was 50 and I was very proud of that. Yeah. Like, I was proud. I was proud I could do this. I was proud I had this relationship. With yeah, people. it's so great. I was, yeah, I was proud that people traveled, you know, and yeah. people from the podcast and Jerry being such a one, Jerry Farley being such a wonderful guy, you know, and all the bands being so warm about all of this. And it's just, you know, I felt like, I don't know if it was just, it brought back a lot of memories of them because normally, and I will, I've admitted this to you and I've admitted this, you know, to a few people privately, uh, this side, this mu music brings out the worst aspects of my personality. Mm -hmm. It brings out everything it used to in my twenties and thirties, but I didn't do it in my forties. And it's certainly not going to do that in my fifties. I can tell you that. So, um, I don't know if it was just maybe they thought I sucked, which is definitely a possibility. I, I, I don't know that it is or it isn't, so I'm certainly not going to put words in somebody's mouth. But I told my brother Mike about this because he's like as much as he's my younger brother in this world, he's my older brother. Yeah, <laughs> because he he's is a, he's, in the trenches. He's a lifer, man. I love Mike. Yeah, Mike he's is the real thing. You he know? is. He really is. He's he's probably a show right now somewhere. Yeah, probably. You're always <laughs> listening to me or he's listening to vinyl right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so he said to me, it's not you. Yeah. Because he would have told me he's not holding back words for my affection. I promise you that. Um, he actually when I did the podcast with you, he kind of privately told me he thought I was wrong in a lot of the things I was saying, because his memory of the bands was that I was doing all these things. And everybody else was just kind of like not, which is not really true. Everybody says that. But um, so that's how that kind of fell apart. And it's crazy because that night, I don't know if I told you this or not, but um, that night after the show, we went out. I like was like whooping it up like it was the last night on earth. <laughs> and the next 
and I got carried out. I got carried out of a bar. I I heard physically. I, yeah, I got I heard, carried yeah. out. Yeah, and my <laughs> wife had to put me in a car. My older brother was there. You might, yeah, you know, like almost every brother's crazy. Joe, right? Joe, yeah, yeah. my brother Joe's there, and people loved it. Like you know, the dudes from the podcast were there. It was incredible. And the the next day, I'm sleeping at my. We had a house, but I stayed at my in laws because I was too fucked up to go anywhere by myself. And I see my father in law, and my father in law is this beaming and he was like that was so great yeah that was so i we've been talking about this all night he called all the other like family members and was like boy you really missed out like you couldn't believe this and then fast forward that was october november i'm away with my in-laws in the poconos and as soon as i get out of the car a couple of my brother-in-laws are waiting in the driveway being like dude i saw clips of the show oh my god Oh my God. I can't believe we weren't there. It was like, it, like, that's the, that's the vibe, right? Like, that's great. That's what you want. And of course it's your family, but people don't, you know, family doesn't compliment you and you're, you're middle aged the way they do is I'm not a child. No. Would, yeah. My feelings wouldn't have been hurt, Sam, if none of that had happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just, I carried that vibe around for a while and then I tried to do the show with them again and, you know, uh, because one person didn't want to do it, that didn't seem like a good enough reason to me to not do it. But I certainly was not going to have to, I don't want to pull teeth. Like, like I, I want, I, um, what's the line from Sparta, the band Sparta? I want to be welcome, uh, not just uh, the Sparta song. Like, I want to be welcome, not just tolerated or something like that. It's from a Sparta song. Um, and I, that's, I, I want to be welcome. I don't want to just be tolerated. I don't want to be somebody that you have to play music with that you really would prefer not to, but too many people like me and it's kind of going to be a mess to do it with somebody else. So let's just do it with him and then like whatever. Like, yeah, you know, I don't want that. It's not fun. So like, you know, going through bands, uh, or I shouldn't say bands, but like, you know, eras of the band um, mm -hmm. for myself, you know, anytime I, 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 someone leaves or like to me, it's like, if you want to go, please go because I never, <laughs> I never want to, you know, I feel like we always lost like a lead guitarist along the way, you know? Uh -huh. and, and for me, as soon as I feel like you want to go, I'm like, just, just go because I, it's just, it's a cancer. And, and mm. once you go to practice that way, it just brings the vibe down. Oh and, my God. And, and at this point it's like, yo, we, some people play golf on the weekends. Some people play cards on the weekends. We play music. That's what we do. Right. It's like, yeah. you know, I never fell out of love with, you know, still with writing music, uh, with playing it, with, 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 with looking at the, the puzzle of, of songwriting and being like, gee, I wonder what the right chord or the right melody for this. Like, you know, once that, that happens, it's, it's amazing. So, to have someone that that's like, oh well, you know, like I'm, I don't want to do it, or I don't want. It's yo, go, like I'll. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'll figure it out. Just, just leave immediately because it's like this is we're playing music. This isn't like right. we're we're doing anything but you know. So well, let me let me flip this on you for a minute because I'm I'm very curious because I look at your progress and your output and it's staggering to me, right? Ah! Because you're constantly writing. <laughs> No, it is because I'm someone who I can't do that anymore. So it's sure. like, you know, so, but it's like, you're constantly playing, you're constantly writing, yeah. you're constantly putting like little, you're doing EPs, you're making videos. And I'm just wondering from your, from your perspective, right? 
Do you need four or five other people to match that energy for you to accomplish that? Or can they kind of just be static and you're kind of like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is my the idea I had. Let's work on this together. Because at the end of the day, somebody has to drive the boat, right? Mm. Somebody has to fucking fly the plane. Yeah. That's it. The plane is not flying in itself, right? Do you find that you don't need people to match that energy and that level of, of output in order for you to get done what you need to get done? Uh, you know, some bands, like you said, somebody needs to drive. There are very few Fugazis in the world where there's four of them and this is they're a Voltron. Mm. Vol Voltrons are very hard to find, you know, so I'd say Pearl Jam is kind of that, too. If you look at consistently, they've had the same lineup stands a drummer. Oh, for yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy World. Same thing. Like, you know, the, the yeah, same people. Just, absolutely. Um, For me, you know, the one thing that I give myself above everything, because I know people who just sing. I know people who just play the bass or play guitar, but don't sing at the end of the day, everyone in the band could go away tomorrow. And I'm still going to be able to pick up my guitar, write a song and perform it, whether it's by myself live with the acoustic guitar or like, you know, do something in the studio. So to me, I, I take comfort in that, that knowing that no matter what I could still play with the band, which I'm super lucky to still have or by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, it, as far as like the, I need the guys to show up to practice once a week, like church straight up. Like mm. it, when someone asks us to do something on a Tuesday, it's like, I can't, it's always, it's just, Oh, that, wow. that, that's I remember those days. Sure. Yeah. Like Tuesday is I practice and that's it. And if you can't make Tuesday, then we'll switch it to Wednesday, Thursday or whatever. Um, so I have guys that, that show up. Uh, they contribute. Everything is split five ways financially. Anytime we need to record something like everything, you know, the mechanics of it uh, are very split. So I need that. Uh, everything else as far as like social media, songwriting and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it's like, all right, I'll I'll do everything because I, I love doing it. Right. Um, so like as far as the songs go, like, I you know, I write the black and white and everyone colors it in is basically the way yeah and that's a great dynamic and it's obviously fruitful for you right because you're able to continue to produce and look i i don't i it wasn't like i was like i'm just going to get four other dudes and call it synthetic 16 like i mean i would never do that in a thousand years right <laughs> yeah. because i do want to play with them right i just i don't like and me and my brother mike i, I gotta keep bringing him up because he's just such an important part of the story uh in my life you know um we've and i'm sure you have too there is no worse feeling when you're trying to create when you are being held hostage by another adult, an adult holding you hostage emotionally, psychologically, financially. It's the worst. The one guy in the band who keeps canceling or doesn't have money or who doesn't have a ride or who doesn't want this and he's always fucking up or something. And it's like, oh, I'm being held. I got but I really want to do this thing. But, you know, Brad, I'll just make a Brad. Brad, you know, I, I don't want to fuck Brad over, but Brad obviously isn't as into this as we are. Maybe we should sack Brad, you know, and it's and it, it never feels good to do that. I, I you know, yeah. nobody likes to do that. No, it never does. And, uh, you know, it's it's 
with anything, a relationship that you don't want to be in or like yeah. just anything. It's always easier. Like to me, it's always easier for me to get cut than it is for me to cut anyone. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I would rather get cut. I would rather get cut. Yeah, I'm really like, would. I'm like, I'll just, uh, I'll live with it. No big deal for me. But, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, 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 you know, playing music is the best thing ever. Being in a band is not the best thing ever. And that, that's really, yeah, I, uh, I had this conversation. So I, in twice in the last few weeks, I got recognized for quote air quotes once as John Draper in a parking lot a couple of weeks ago in a fucking price chopper in upstate New York from a guy who's, I think, listened to me since like wrestling soup. Yeah. And I'm, I put myself out there. I want people to know the fuck I am because I learned that from doing that show. You know, I traveled to do cons for that show. I did events for the wrestling soup. Like if people are going to make your show that successful, you should let them know who the fuck you are. They should know what you look like. They should know how you act like. They should know what you're, you know, they should know, they should be able to fucking come out and talk to you. So this dude just approached me a couple of weeks ago. I'm literally, I, hand to God, I'm literally in a price shopper, fucking supermarket, and I'm pushing my groceries out into the fucking, <laughs> into the supermarket. It's five o'clock on a Friday. And a guy, regular dude, getting out of a car, does a double take. Now, I look like a lot of people. Like, I you, I could be Brian Posehn. I could be Bob Mould. I could be fucking whoever the fuck. I, any bald, bearded, older guy with glasses now. Those are two really off. Those are two really good ones. Right. Yeah, those are pretty good ones. I Because I didn't realize how much I look like Bob Mould right now. So, like, yeah. um, and he goes, <laughs> you're Don Draper, right? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? Like that. Like, oh, it's like, no, no, just, uh, you know, say what's up. I go, oh, have I met you before? Because I had met a couple of people at an independent wrestling thing up here years ago, and I just wasn't sure if I know that guy from it. And he goes, no, never met you before. I just, uh, I like to listen to the show. I go, oh, from The Soup? And he goes, no, from uh, from Break the Apocalypse. So people meet. But yeah, from the, from the Soup, too. I go, dude, oh, what's up, man? What's your name? His name was Rich. I go, I'm John. I go, hey, man, send me a DM, bro. And that was it. And I was like, that's the most random-ass thing. I'm picking my car up a week later from the mechanic after getting an inspection. And I'm friendly with these guys. And they call me into the garage part of the thing. They go, where's Scandato? Get him in here. And the owner of it is sitting in a chair smoking a cigar. And he's like, I didn't know you were famous. You huh? like a famous family or something? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Is, am, I, am I dying? Like, what the fuck? Did he so want Mark's like, autograph? He, they referenced me by my last name, like the way older guys do. It's like, oh, yeah. Scandato was picking up his car at three. And a younger mechanic guy, that's a very odd name. And he goes, wait a minute, Scandato, like like the Scandato brothers? And the guy was like, uh, John, I don't know. He goes, John Scandato's car? And he was like, yeah, he was like, do you know who that, those guys are? He was like, they're, they're like really well known. And they go on the internet and they start writing all this shit down. Like, let's break the apocalypse. Who's shut down? Who's Mike? Who's Kevin? Wh who? How many brothers do you fucking have? Like, yeah. why does everybody know them? So I had to, I walked them through it. And these are like middle-aged men, like, you know, and they're fascinated by this. And the guy who owns the place was like, you've been coming here all this time. And I didn't know, like, you, like, had that kind of life. It's crazy. I and it. I go, well, why the fuck would you? Like, I don't know. Like, I yeah. didn't walk around. Yeah. So, do you know who I am? You yeah. It's so goofy. <laughs> but, well, uh, but it's a weird, but it's a weird thing, right? So it's like. Wow, that's cool. That's not part of the fabric of my life that two people recognized me in upstate New York for whatever, you know. But there's other people. The first thing they would do is like, you're not gonna believe what just happened to me in the supermarket. The only person I told was Mike, naturally. 
And then I told uh, my wife and my wife thought it was the funniest goddamn thing ever, you know, because she thinks I'm, you know, she, she knows me. Yeah. But, but I met, it's an interesting I, thing. Meeting your wife at the show was awesome. Oh, she, was, she was she was she got thrown out. Well, yeah, she by the end of the night, she was definitely feeling no pain for sure. But I mean, yeah. she was uh, she was just great. She was like so fucking nice to me. And uh, oh, she's I, wonderful. Yeah, she remember. thinks the world of you, too, by the way. So, and my kids were there. I think you met my kids. It was just like, you know, it's like, wow, what a nice experience to share with people that you really think are great and that you love. Wouldn't you want to do that again? Right. So yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you don't want to do that again. Like, I think my kids I was excited at the concept of doing that. We're going to bring more friends and like more relatives will come in. Yeah. And my father was like, well, if you're doing that again, we're going to make a whole thing out of it. You would think I so, don't yeah. think anybody should miss this. Hey, and yeah, like, it's something me and Mike, uh, your brother, obviously it's like, that's the, the feeling that we constantly go for, you know, every time we play. Yeah, but, and it's but, good. But you like, also, you, know, you have a lot, but you have a lot more opportunities for that than I do. So it's like, you've had more consistency with it and infinitely more success. So like for me, I was, it's ho-hum, but what it really did was it made me kind of like, not, I dwell on it because I was like, well, if that's my last show, but I was like, you know what? I really don't want that to be the last time I play because I don't want those vibes in that anymore. Like I just, I, I, I'm okay with it if it is because it was fun and I love everybody and I'm not, and I love these guys. I, you know, I, I, I say this, with no trepidation because I had decades of love on and off with these guys. But at the end of the day, collectively, whether it's because they don't like me personally or socially or think I suck, if I can't motivate four dudes to have that experience, because we're all having the same experience, right? Then obviously I'm that that's not worth it. Yeah. But I also didn't want that to be the last time I ever played because my idea was everything's going to be great. Everyone's going to love it. We'll make a little video. Maybe we'll get some downloads. And like none of this happens at all. <laughs> you know, so, so you know, so I, you know, I just put a pin in it and just I focused on a podcast and I got back to work and you know my kids are now both in college. You know, so it's like you know real life kind of has a way of wiping that slate clean. And I and I love those guys. I'm not I'm not throwing them under the bus. I just don't understand. The reaction i just don't think it was if it's not personal it feels personal yeah it's definitely like your brother said not because you suck because you know you see reunions and you're like oh okay like that wasn't really great vocally uh so it has to be something else that no, no one's aware of except for the dynamic of the band um yeah. because it, it wasn't like like i i like everyone there you know and it's if we didn't think so or i didn't think so i wouldn't even bring it up yeah so uh you know nothing nothing is over you know nothing is over that's it that's and the other thing too i i you know and i i at the time i spoke to you i think i hadn't done wrestling too like i people just thought that was yeah. over for me i just did it two weeks ago you know and i'll probably do it again and i'll do it again and i talked to so what do you, you guys know, talk guys. about on that like because i i so you know like my wrestling knowledge ends at 1990 so like, i have to ask you about the royal rumble sam uh <laughs> what in god's name I'm well, sorry. I have to do it. I have to do it. I can't not do it. Shout out to to our our boy Christian McKnight, uh, who oh, I love Christian. Yeah. So like he's he, a wonderful guy. Um, I 
you know, I had some loose plans and he's like, Hey, we're, we're watching the rumble at my place. And I was like, nah, I was like, I got other plans. And then my, my friend who I was going to go to a show with, I was like, did Christian call you? And he's like, yeah, he's like, he invited me over and I, and my girlfriend's like, just go. And I'm like, you know what? I'll go, for, <laughs> I'll, I'll go for the hang. And I'm, I told him, I was like, the last time yeah. I watched the Royal rumble was like 1990 or 80. I don't remember, oh, but I feel like, wow. King, I feel like King Harley race one or something. I could be complete. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like mixing it up. But anyway, so like we went there, I had no idea that there was enough females for a, a female version of it. In the well, beginning. they have 20. Yeah. Well, they have 20 instead of, they have a large female roster, but they have 20 instead of 30. That's how they Oh, I that. didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. So yeah, yeah I, I, I went there and, uh, you know, hung out, uh, Tom Sheehan was there too. Oh, Tom was there. Yeah. Uh, I'll get the hell out of here. Ron Grimaldi. No, you, oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> like a fun night, man. It, it was, it was a fun hang. And, uh, yeah. So any questions, go ahead. Shoot. Well, I, well, I, it's funny because I, uh, I, I had to watch, I had to watch it for the, sure. I got to go in suit because for wrestling podcasts, there's, that's a signature show. So your audience boost is through the fucking roof. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I don't know wrestling soups numbers and I'm certainly not going to pretend that I do, but I can tell you that is a large audience. WrestleMania is a large audience. People who normally don't listen to a wrestling show are going to go after that show ends and go, let's see, what's podcasts are going? Oh, Wrestling Soup's live right now. Shit, let me, let me, hit, let me hit the button there. And then they go in there. So I, I knew I had to do the show. So I had to watch it for the show. Uh, so it's different when you're watching it because you're going to have to talk about it like like the way you would of film after you get out of it, right? Yeah. That's always been my approach. We did, we, did, we, did, we did a pool too, I forgot. Like we all picked. Oh, that's fun. We picked okay. numbers. So that was another appeal of it. Like, What do you, you know, think of the – let me ask you this because I don't – not going to talk about the matches necessarily, but what do you think of the presentation? Because I feel like the presentation that was in a giant baseball stadium with 54,000 people. It it reminded me, it reminded me of WrestleMania three. Oh, Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah. So like when they like, I guess they were being like, driven into the ring by like a mini ring. So far, right. It's so far. (laughs) Yeah. That's how big it is. Uh, but, so that, uh, that production good crowd, good production. What'd you think of the, the what did you think of just seeing it from a production standpoint? Like, it, like the way it's presented as a, as a show, as a spectacle. Yeah. It's just, you know, oh, that's an interesting question. Um, you can tell I do a wrestling podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> I used to for fucking, I don't do one anymore. Yeah. Man, you're good. <laughs> you know, the production value, if we take the production value in the audio, like, you know, we do, we uh, talk about the audio. We talk about it all. Mostly. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, there's such a disconnect to me from like, you know, I mean, it's just so hard to, to talk about it because it's like, I remember Iron Mike Sharp. I re- you know what I mean? Like, I remember when I felt like it wasn't like this spectacle. I felt like yeah. it was like kind of different and like, it just seemed less cartoonish i guess to me like mm. you know um where i feel like everything is like um it's like a movie or something like where, where i feel like yeah, the older wrestlers like yeah where like the older wrestlers were just kind of like slobs and you know they oh like, yeah wrestled, some of them are yeah. you know like big john stud or like whatever they weren't like yeah they were just like big people but uh yeah it's 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 a thing for sure and like mm. i it's it's um 
you know, for me, I guess at the end of the day, you know, the natural progression for me was UFC. So once UFC mm. started, I was like, okay, as a kid, I love, I fucking loved wrestling. I loved it. I fucking mm. loved it. And then once the UFC started, like three years after, um, I was like, oh shit, this guy's tooth just got kicked up in in the air. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. So so that that was like where I kind of just like switched over. Uh, and then I went back to like um, I was working at a place called Symbol Technologies for a bit, and uh, this was like when The Rock was like a big deal, right? Like ninety. Oh wow! Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I remember everyone there talking about it because wrestling is so fucking huge, like huge. Yeah, I don't. I don't tell you. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. And people, on social media, it is on social media. It's enormous. but pe- people were talking about like The Rock and all this other stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm missing out. And that, and then my friends would watch that, and I would listen to these promos, and I'm like, oh, this is funny. Like yeah. they're so funny, Stone Cold. Oh, it's uh, great. They were great. The they were Rock. fantastic. They were a good sign of the. They were a good sign of the times too, because we were still in that grunge, like heroin chic era, <laughs> like you know, like. We were kind of moving away from that. And then we get we were sort of becoming like as a country, an energy drink, right? Where everything was extreme. We had extreme sports and now we have extreme video games and now we have backyard wrestling and bum fights. And here is this, you know, but I'm saying like, that's where we were at the end of the nineties and the attitude, what they call the attitude era. It was a reflection of the country in culture. You know, people were cursing on television. Mm, Yeah. Oh my God. Porn was on blue. Porn was going all, all digital and and street and people started downloading porn like on the internet and like sex tapes were coming out of Pam Anderson and this. Part. It was like a culture. We were becoming a monster energy drink as a culture. The X Games were on television because they were so popular. Everything was extreme, right? Your extreme commercials, your extreme this. So it was a good reflection of that. But like everything else, as you know, that dies too. And then they had the steroid trial and Chris Benoit kills his family and Eddie Guerrero dies. And it's just all this chaos is created. So like, it's it's really interesting the way that ebbs and flows that business. And now it seems like it's huge again, but yeah. it's really not, right? Like it's really not, but it seems like it's It again. seems like it is because I had no idea that Peacock even streamed. I thought it was like they a pay-per-view still. Yeah, um, oh, they bought the channel. Yeah, and I love you know like the dark side of the of the ring stuff. Oh, everybody loves it. Yeah, people watch that that don't watch wrestling. I mean, well, it's just they're fascinated I, with it. I yeah, because like I you know I I'll, I if I see something on Adrian Adonis, I'm like okay, I remember that this person. I don't remember yeah. like the Von Erics. I don't remember like to me, I was such a WWF snob that anything else just seemed like like right. to me WCW. I'm like this seems like fucking off brand type shit that was southern for us right yeah that was like yeah i was thing yeah it was just like i was cable yeah, yeah to yeah. me i'm like you know i want to see oh i would have loved i'll tell you i would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for you at the rumble a couple weeks ago that yeah <laughs> well i mean yeah I, I was just watching and listening and it was fun man to me like you know the hang is is everything and those guys those guys are really, oh, i love all those guys yeah, those guys are, are, are a fun hang and, and they love wrestling. So to me, it was just like, yeah, let me just try every now and then you got to try something different. So it's like, all right, cool. Like, I'll just go do this. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I like for me, it's it's hard because I don't I don't really watch the shows anymore. I'll, I'll probably watch a little bit tonight because something might happen on a different show at night. And then it's like WrestleMania. So, you know, maybe I'll probably more than likely I'll probably be on the soup. I haven't been asked, but. I feel like I could go on if they wanted me to. So, uh, and that's a fun thing for me to do. 
but I, you know, it's different now that I don't have that podcast and I'm, we're, and we've transitioned our show. Yeah. I, to I was going to ask you about movies. I, so yeah. I, I was going to ask you, cause so break the apocalypse turned into spitball media. Uh, I never mm-hmm. really understood why I did listen to the last episode. Cause I knew we were, we were going to have a conversation. I love the, like the nineties talk and mm. uh, shout out to, to Shahid, Shaheen. Shaheen, Shaheen and Brian, you met them both. Yeah, of course. So I love that he mentioned the dentist one and two. He loves the dentist. He know, loves the fucking dentist. Me too. I fucking love it. it. So that's why I wanted Brian Hughes now on our podcast because he directed those movies. But uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a big deal for me. But before we get into that, just tell me like, um, so what brought about that change? So it felt like when we started the show, we were fortunate because we had built-in audiences from the wrestling stuff we all did. And but we were never talking about wrestling. We still don't generally. So, um, but the thing that the, one of the things we have in common the most is our love for the movies and like how much movies have meant to us in our life. And because we were dealing with school shootings and bombings and fucking wars and all sorts of stuff, like Shaheen basically just came to me and said, Listen, dude, I can't do this shit anymore. Why can't we just talk about movies? You and I go to movies every week. Like we're constantly going to movies. B shows constantly watching movies. We know a lot about movies. Half the audience loves movies. I feel like we kind of suck the air out of the room. It's not really so much fun anymore as it is just commenting on the weekly awful thing that happened in the world. You're right. I'm sorry to cut you off because I remember he was leaving the show, right? Yeah. Well, B show had left because he got too busy with like family and stuff. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. But then Shaheen was like, privately, he was like, listen, I don't want to, we know so much about movies and and like, like, like it's the thing, it's the one thing that's constant in our lives. And he's like, why can't we just focus on that? And I was like, yeah, Brian was like, fuck yeah. And so we just decided, well, let's, you know, the, the core audience people were on board with it because most of them had, they loved the movie talk we always did. So we just decided we're just going to talk about entertainment news um, the Patreon is going to be like a, a an extension. Everybody who joins the Patreon after the show ends, they get a, a private like half hour of more movie talk of exclusive content. And now we have like over a thousand hours of content there. <laughs> I honestly, I think we've maintained like 90% of our retention of Patreon, which is fucking as small as the show is. Yeah. The core people go nowhere and they constantly are involved in, in the show sending recommendations we're talking with them and stuff like that so our show is very tiny in terms of reach compared to what we were all used to talking about wrestling but our enjoyment of like i can't wait to talk about fucking you know the academy awards next week like last week where like we have all these things like holy shit we all watched curb we're going to talk about curb this week oh talk yeah about it's, so, about curb. it's, it's so fun, fun dude yeah. right like isn't that like and there's no politics to it, and that was the other thing too. Is just there's no politics to it. So it's just curb. You know what do we think of curb? That's in 20 minutes on that. And with us, you know that's what it was, man. Same for us. Like I, I, I just I could talk politics or whatever unfun stuff like off unfun the, off the podcast because it's just like. It, it just didn't seem like it's something we ever wanted to do to us. It was like music, movies, pop culture. That's it. That's, all, that's yeah. all we wanted to do because that's normally what we talk about anyway. So we'll just like record the conversations. And yeah, mm-hmm. like after a while, it's just like it, it's it probably isn't fun, but it's more fun to talk about the dentist. 
<laughs> for sure. Well, yeah. Where can you hear people talk about, you know, three o'clock high and the dentist oh. and celebrity babes in the slime bowl arama? Like, yeah. I want to hear that. I want to yeah. talk about that shit. Like, you know, I think this week we'll talk about Drake's cock for probably 10 or 15 minutes. Like a lot of people talk about Drake's penis, but it's like we keep it moving. It's like, you know, that's that's, that's, like that's a real thing. Man. Well, yeah, like I guess he does uh, like because uh, Louis C.K. He got caught like jerking off or something and like it was all over the Internet. And then Louis C.K. said, so it's OK for Drake, but not me. And I thought that was the tweet of the century, like oh. as a joke. Yeah, this apparently just happened in the last 24 hours. But yeah, I don't know I, that we're going to talk about it. OK, yeah, because I, I read um, a friend of mine you know she made some sort of status and i was just like wait is that, like, i was gonna google it but i was like ah, i'm not i'll just I'll yeah I, I i didn't i didn't google it i just saw the people talking about it and then i saw the louis ck post and i thought that was fucking hilarious so you know like whether it's we we, we don't run trailers on it because of youtube because they'll just fucking take the show down it's annoying regardless of how small it is it's just very annoying to put that work in and have them take it away it's just fucking sucks oh yeah so we do trailers yeah, they do. On yeah. <laughs> yeah they, yeah, they do. take it away like I know somebody who had got a YouTube strike for their own music for their fucking music. Yeah. So same thing. Uh, yeah. That that's really fucking annoying. How crazy is this? That's happened to me. It used to happen oh, on Facebook, God. but I think they fixed it somewhat. But like you would mm -hmm. post stuff or even like on TikTok, which I'm barely on, but I'm like, whatever, I'll just keep posting shit. Well, um, you have a band. You kind of have to. You're no, no. But yeah, even if I post my own fucking shit, like it'll be Doesn't like. Matter. Yeah, it's like, oh, you, you I, it only it could be like 30, 40 seconds, nothing longer than that. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And a trailer and a good like red band trailer, two minute trailer. You're fucked, right? Like, you know, and so we do it. We push that all into the Patreon. And then, you know, you, you know, for like we it's five bucks a month. People have like, like a thousand hours of exclusive content. You know what I mean? And a lot of people, I learned this from soup that listen to podcasts are like working class people, people who drive an hour and a half to a job, people who are, can listen to it on the job, people who have a long commute home. And they'll send you shit, be like, take a picture, be like, thank God for like, you know, uh, wrestling soup on my two and a half hour drive home. You know, you guys had a fucking long episode. It took, and it's, that's the thing I love about podcasts, especially when I was exercising like the world was ending. I was listening to three almost like, maybe three or four, maybe four or five different full shows a week of other people's stuff. Cause I was out there like every day, like, and I didn't want to listen to music. Um, and I was listening to podcasts and now it's so crazy because all of the podcasts that I listen to are heavy on like Gaza. And I'm just like, uh, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not listening to this. I don't want to, I don't want this. I, I'm trying to get away from this. Like to talk yeah. about well, yeah. it. It went from Afghanistan to the middle East. And I'm like, I, I would rather talk about, you know, a poultry geist. Yo, I love poultry geist. But I do like I'll listen to Breaking Points every day. So Breaking Points is, yeah. is, is like a news show. You and a lot of people we know. Oh, yeah, look, that's their show. So Breaking like I, I like the fifth column. I think the fifth column is probably more uh, our speed because okay. those guys are, are pretty great. I got to check that out. I haven't heard. So, yeah. Uh, but your last episode on uh, Spitball Media, I, I wanted to throw some titles in. You guys, okay. were, you guys were talking about like some um, maybe underrated movies of the night. Yeah, we were talking about movies that most people don't consider great, but we think are great. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's what it was. It was like, yeah, like yeah. So like the dentist. The dentist was on my list, one hundred percent. You know, when you talk about practical effects, like this movie, you know, teeth make everyone squirm. You know, it's either fingernails or teeth, or like you know that scene in Misery. 
with, with the oh. sledgehammer. But my God. So the sledgehammer is is cringe inducing, even if you see the gif online. Uh, the dentist mm. is just like unbelievably brutal. Shout out to Corbin Burnson and uh, yeah, <laughs> L.A. That was, that was a wild departure for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Like, Shaw didn't even know he was like a TV star, and like Bisha remembered him from Major League. And I'm yeah. like, this motherfucker was on a huge show. He was the heartthrob on yeah. fucking LA Law. With he with, was like the heavy with Larry Drake. Yeah, uh, with Larry Drake, which I forgot, and Susan Day and uh, Mark uh, Harry Hamlin. Um, you know that was the my dad used to watch the show. Jimmy Smith's Brooklyn. Jimmy Smith, yeah, for sure. Brooklyn, Brooklyn guy. Hell Jimmy yeah. Smith. Uh, my dad used to watch that show. So, yeah, I used to watch it, too. Uh, so that's on there. The movie Popcorn is really underappreciated. And I feel like recently, like we finally got like a copy of it because uh, I know um, probably, you know, like whenever you get this like random ass titles like this on streaming sites is because like Vinegar and Syndrome or like some some place like, yeah. like a re-release finally. So Popcorn, which I don't know if you're familiar with. Um, I see the graphic in my head of the girl with her head tilted with the popcorn thing on the box. Yeah, yeah. Right? It, it to me, yeah. it was it was like one of the first who, who done it movies, uh, horror movies from from that era. But then it just turns into like some like bizarro thing, and it's it's just so entertaining. And uh, my last one, I'm going to throw in Maniac Cop Two, which is like uh, you oh, know you you one. you would never think. <laughs> you would you would never think but it's like robert davi bruce campbell and it's just like an action movie it's basically like the movie cobra but with like you know uh, <laughs> maniac cops so it's very good just wanted to well uh, I, I don't know if i if i told you this previously but i saw three o'clock high in theaters when it came out i saw cobra in yeah, theaters when it came out i've seen frankenhooker multiple times when it came out at the Waverly in the in the village, uh, like I was able to experience a lot of these. I saw Henry when it came out at the wow. Waverly. Okay. When it came out, um, like the that's just scratching the surface. Like Basket Case Two, I saw Kids in the Hall Brain Candy, and like everybody walked out, like you know, of the theater because they thought it was so terrible. I saw Strange Brew in a movie theater in 1985. Um, so I remember a lot of these as movies, but. I uh, I brought up the faculty because I feel like that movie has been rediscovered by people a lot younger than us as being such a cool, edgy 90s weirdo movie, almost like a river's edge to them in a weird way. Absolutely. Because the cast, the cast is so phenomenal. Like you couldn't get that cast in a movie today, honestly. Like ten, like ten legitimate stars, like stars, like stars, stars. like people that went on yeah. to like just do fucking like you're like, oh, yeah, these are like stars, stars. You know, and yeah, and, and, yeah, and it was a Robert Rodriguez movie when he was still hot shit, you know, which is cool. I love. Did you watch Hypnotic, the movie he made with Ben Affleck last year? Yeah, I watched it because you told me, and I didn't like the the heavy guy in it. I've seen him in a lot of stuff, and I thought he wasn't very good. I love Affleck. I think Affleck's great. I feel like Affleck gets a bad rap. I'll be honest with you. I, I think feel, Affleck's a talented guy. I feel too like he does. Like whenever I mentioned. I don't know what movies you know you had at the top of your list last year, but like Hypnotic mm. was like definitely in my top ten. But like everyone bashed it because they, of their hatred 
of Ben Affleck, which is weird. I'm weird. like, yeah, I'm like, who cares? Like, I don't know. Is he that bad? Like, you know, like it's like, you know him and he borrowed twenty dollars from you or something. And it never paid you. <laughs> like, I, well, I think it's easy to Affleck's a celebrity. It's kind of easy to, to dislike. Right. There's certain celebrities you could find a reason to dislike him. I like him quite a bit. Me and my brother, Mike, thought he kind of got fucked with the Batman stuff. I thought he did a very good job. I thought he was a phenomenal Bruce Wayne looking guy and he got jacked up like a motherfucker he's a cool dude like like he wears fucking like boston hardcore propaganda t-shirts all the time all he does is wear these boston hardcore propaganda like constantly and like you know he's helped out a lot of people um i just think it's it's we're at a place now where the baggage of a movie star unlike when we were growing up or when we were younger is so in your face that people just can't get past that and let you just live like a motherfucker. Like if Robert Downey Jr. got arrested today for all the things he got arrested for when we were growing up that people have forgotten about, he'd be finished, right? People would be like, fuck that junkie, fuck that, you know, blah, blah. Like there's no empathy for anybody who's doing better than you anymore. And I, I get it, Hollywood is a poisonous, vacuous place, but Affleck's been around our whole like adult lives. Like he's fucking, he's not going yeah. anywhere. He's still I, gonna be here, right? I, to me, I could watch, you know, I could watch pretty much, you know, anyone. I, if Donald Trump played Henry Hill, I could watch Goodfellas. You know, what I mean, like, did you see The Accountant with Netflix? Yeah, I thought that was okay. I, I didn't love it. I like that I movie. Was, yeah, they're just they're making a sequel. I really liked. It. I thought it was an understated movie. Like, like I saw that like, in oh, theaters. Yeah, I went to the theater. Really? Course. Yeah. Yeah, and there's the guy who does the song at the end uh, to leave someone behind. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name because he almost played my house. He was going to perform at my house. Uh, he lives up here. Uh, he's like a folk singer. Oh, the, what the fuck? I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He's awesome. You've heard of him if I said his name. He's got a very deep voice. He did a Sade cover that went viral oh, wow. of um, By Your Side. Okay, I love that song. Well, he did a... a um, uh, a live version. He has a very deep voice. I don't know if you remember the movie, but it was the end credit song. And uh, he's like a folk singer who lives in upstate New York who will play your house, like for a very little amount of money. He'll literally play your house. Yeah. And uh, and then COVID happened. He was going to play my birthday. And then COVID happened. So I like that movie. They're making a sequel. They just announced it uh, last week, I think. The Accountant 2 is coming. We were, uh, my girlfriend looked into getting the Smiths tribute band to play my birthday like two years ago. And I was oh. like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> How much would that have been? You know, like <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, this wasn't cheap, but I was going to do it. And then because he's local and uh, I, I like a lot of his songs. My brother Mike actually got me into him. Um, and then I heard the song in The Accountants. And I was like, I bet you Affleck put this guy in the fucking movie because that seems like an Affleck move. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he helps uh, Slain, the rapper Slain. Absolutely. He's a, yeah. He's a huge part in in that guy's success. Like, I think I think I've heard him say that at one point or another. I mean, the town. Yeah, for sure. Like he. Yeah. And, and Slain super. I mean, I love his earlier stuff, you know, like uh, when I first heard Slain. I was like, yo, this guy's flow is crazy. Like Rich Man, Poor Man was one of my favorite Slain songs when he was still doing like purely ignorant music, which I love for sure. Mm. Well, uh, well, Affleck got him in uh, in uh, the, the to, town. Um, no, prior to the town. That's his second Affleck movie. Affleck, I think oh, I heard him tell this story on a podcast. Gone Girl? Gone, gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Affleck Gone. directed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his brother is the star. Yeah, uh, He had a pretty big role in that and he had an even bigger role in the town. Yeah. And I think if I'm remembering this right, I apologies if I don't remember this correctly, but I heard him talk about this on a hardcore podcast 
was that Affleck, I think, got a hold of his mixtapes or like his music and reached out to him. And that's how he, that's literally how that, that came to be. And they, you know, became very, you know, friendly and he worked with them and stuff like that. So I'm just saying, like, I like Affleck. Uh, Matt Damon, I don't think is, is that great, but you know, he's so okay. Slane was in a movie called Girl House. That was the first time I saw him in a movie. And it was like just a slasher movie. He was. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. Wow. So I didn't know that before any of that. Yeah, it wasn't very good. But I mean, it's still like, I mean, it's. You know, it was like still fun to watch. Yeah. yeah I'll but he, I mean, look, he's worked with Academy Award winners and nominees. I mean, like, Jesus Christ, you know, that's yeah. a, how many people can say that who are making like, you know, underground hip hop tapes, you know, <laughs> like, you know, that they get to work with Academy Award people. It's yeah, awesome. yeah. And it's, it's a testament to him, too, being a talented guy. Oh, for sure. And he's still like, so Slane still works. And I, I think he's like doing like a lot like in, in Massachusetts, like drug recovery stuff, because he's got like a whole bunch of years sober. Uh, mm. So he works in like a center, like he's always posting about wow. this other shit, you know, because I have like, man, I've been sober since 98. So like whenever I see that, I'm have like, you been that long? My goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a long time, dude. Heroin is a hell That's of a drug. That's half your life, right? That's half your life, right? Yeah. From yeah. like 13 to 20, I was like, you know, I got it out of my system early, you know, all the jails, the rehabs, the detoxes, the ODs, you know, by like, wow, dude, by like 2000, I was like, All right, I think I'm good. Yeah, you could have been a character on the wire at that point. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? you could have done. <laughs> totally, absolutely. You could have worked with bu Bubs on the wire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely a different uh, demographic as far you know. I was more of uh, into selling than I was whatever Bubs was doing. But uh, mm. you know, shout out to him and Omar. Uh, but so uh -huh. wrapping up real quick, I I did did want to ask you about your reconnection with hardcore music. And mm -hmm. maybe like your hardcore roots that I know you wanted to touch on. So, yeah. So like uh, when I moved up here, I there was there was a lot of opportunities for like to see bands that I hadn't seen in a long time. And we had a lot of friends up here, you know, as we do in the hardcore scene pretty much all over the fucking country. But especially up here, like it was always my family is always treated very good up here. I was always treated very good up here and I continue to be treated good up here. So I, um, you know, I start, I, I don't go to shows that often. I don't want to paint myself in that with that brush, but because also my hearing is really bad. So yeah. I have to be conscious of that. So, and I don't like this. It's not fun to go to a hardcore show with earplugs. This is really not that fun. But I, um, I started like kind of rediscovering even internally, like leeway and killing time and like, you know, youth of today and like gorilla biscuits like just listening to them like while exercising and like running and stuff like that and doing shit around the house and I, again i don't go to shows that often but um i had done the uh joe hardcore out in philly uh who books this is hardcore i heard that episode. podcast too. i heard yeah it. he had a he asked me to come on so i did that episode and i talked about lament which no one really ever talks about wait let me cut uh, you off me let, me, let me cut you off real quick and then we'll mm -hmm. go back to that. So during this wrestling Royal Rumble thing, mm -hmm. uh, I was sitting next to Ron and Tom and they I, for some reason, your brother Mike came up and then they were like they brought you up and they're like, man, that band Lament was so good. They, oh, they were talking. You. They were talking about how good Lament was. I was like, oh, yeah, well, man, you know, know well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. And, and this might not be true in other types of music, but it's certainly true in hardcore. What me and my brother Mike have discovered now that he's in his 50s, like me, is that there's something to be said for people. As much as we hated the people who left for leaving or stopping to play, there's something to be said for doing that because staying too long, and, and unfortunately, this is just a, a, a part of life, 
when you stay around too long, it's kind of not as interesting to people anymore, right? And, uh, you know, I, I'm wearing a judge t-shirt that I bought at the judge reunion at This Is Hardcore like 15 years ago. Um, and we're seeing this. We're seeing Gorilla Biscuits play two or three shows a year and they're sold out and it's great and everyone loves it. They don't make a record. They're not making a record. Quicksand, different story, not hardcore. But, you know, you get the idea. Like, yeah. you know, Youth, Youth of Today is going to do an album where they just play a show where they just do one album. Like, we're going to do We're Not In This Alone In This City, and we're going to do this album in this city. And people lose their fucking minds. So I've talked to Joe Hardcore. I did that episode. We talked about Lament, something I never really get a chance to talk about. And I just felt very, like, kind of proud that I actually know people like this who have done such wonderful things in that scene that didn't opportunities didn't exist like that for me back then so i you know the thing that always kind of you know comes up with people with lament is that it's not available anywhere and like tom had blessed us on his podcast which is a very big audience as you know um with the guy from uh drug church and uh the other yeah yep. i think the, um uh their show is enormous they talked about under underappreciated bands and Tom made a whole point of talking about lament with these guys and the, the drug church singer was like, and the other guy, I think from Rev was like, Oh yeah, I just bought that seven inch like last week. And I'm like, fuck, like bought the seven inch. Like it's crazy. And people like, I remember Scott from Terra, I was with Joe Affie at Max and Penalty and I'm hanging out with him. And he was like, did I tell you I have the lament seven inch? And I was like, how many seven inches did we sell? Like, this is crazy, right? <laughs> That's great. So, so the opportunity uh, to get all that done digitally, driven with the fact that we haven't played a show in like 10 years, we played a handful of shows like in the 2010s, small amount of shows. Um, and then we just didn't play. Like, I think, you know, there was a lot of reasons behind that, but we just, it was never supposed to be some big comeback thing or anything like that, but it was nice to do some of those shows. And, um, you know, people treat you different when you're not constantly at the dance. You know, people want to dance with you. People want to, you know, people want to want to want to listen. So um, I, there's no official thing or anything like that. But, you know, uh, what, what I think we're going to try to do at some point this year is get this stuff released digitally at the very at the very least. Now, would I be lying if I said that that would just be that and we'll never talk about it again? That's probably not true. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. We haven't discussed it. All of this really revolves around Joe Affy, you know, um, because there's no, all of this exists with him, you know, him and I, but with him, like there's, I, I wouldn't dream of not doing anything in hardcore without Joe Affy. I just couldn't do it. I, it doesn't, it wouldn't be worth it to me. And my friendship with him, unlike with other people has endured decades, you know, and my admiration for him as a person, as a player. And I, I'll go to my grave thinking he's like just this phenomenally talented guy. So I think we're going to figure out a way to get all of the stuff we've done released digitally. We have a full length album. We have songs that people never heard before. We have the seven inch that a lot of people like, um, which gets a, a lot of people excited, like to, 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 to talk about sometimes. I would like to do that. I think it's sad that none of that exists. And our peers have that. All of our peers with very few exceptions have that luxury. That's something we would like to do. I think we would like to get it all together and put it out in some capacity. Uh, that may or may not happen. But, you know, I feel like for me, that's, I, I would play a hardcore show with Lament as little or as once, you know, or three times and, and call it a day and be happy to do that. Because that's really like, for me, I don't have those vibes with Lament. I have nothing but a lot of really good things that I remember 
And people are so much cooler about it in the hardcore scene. As you know, the, some of the biggest people walking around the hardcore scene are my age, are my peers. You know, it's not this stigma behind, oh, like, and look, I don't know that I would want to walk in a bar at 25 and see a bunch of 50-year-olds play rock music. I don't know that I would want to do that. Probably not. <laughs> but no, I'm serious. Like, I don't think I would like if, if, if you know. But as far as hardcore goes, there's something a little Peter Panish about it that I kind of really like. And unlike a lot of other people, I didn't just hang around at that dance. You know what I mean? And play these awful shows and, you know, sound shitty live. Like, Lament played very infrequently, but a lot of stuff we did was pretty damn cool. And uh, there's very little recollection of this. So, you know, what I would like to do, and I think Joe and I are going to try to figure this out, hopefully this year, is get everything released digitally. And then if anything happens after that, I can tell you it won't be some, you know, big, you know, uh, you know, well, we're getting the band back together vibe. But, you know, to play a high profile hardcore show with Lament for the, like the first time in like fucking um, half a century or whatever the fuck. Wow. You know, I, I, that, that would feel great. And I, you know, he's musically for me, uh, someone who could get me off a couch anytime. Like I always feel like, and I'm dead serious. That's just the, the, the love I have for that guy. And as a person, like, you know, I have a lot of trust in him, um, as a person and, um, you know, I don't know what the landscape is for that. I think it, it would be one of these things, Sam, that you see a lot of people be really excited about it locally and stuff like that. And then like, you know, like everything else, you know, these things peter out, but I didn't have that moment. My brother, Mark is having a huge sort of resurgence or shutdown right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, that, that, that seems to kind of just happens, but it was planned you know, for a while. Uh, you'll probably be hearing or seeing a lot more of them, you know, in the next year or two. Um, that's for sure. And, you know, I would like to do that. I, you know, for me being older and more isolated in my real life, brought me back to what that felt like as a teenager, you know, when I had a hundred friends, but they were all poison and I was listening to agnostic front, you know what I mean? And the Crow Mags yeah. and raw deal and the revelation records groups and Slapshot and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I love running into hardcore people. You'll see me at a few things here and there. And it's just, it's a good feeling. I feel very comfortable in that environment. And my family is treated so fucking good by these people who have, you know, really been in the trenches for that shit. You know, now I don't have the same relationship with a lot of these people that Mark or Mike has because they've been, they were way more successful than me. But, um, you know, that being said, I also know that uh, I don't experience, I've never experienced that kind of relationship playing rock music really with other bands. I, very few people have I experienced that with. So for me, I'd like that to be a thing. I don't know that that's gonna happen. I think at the very least digitally will happen we'll get that figured out and get that online. That I can't great. say when that's going to be. It'd be wonderful. I think a lot of people have never heard it or, um, you know, didn't realize how old this was. I mean, the lament seven inch came out in 1991, Sam. <laughs> wow. 1991. That's at least yeah. 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause like I, it's, it has, uh, I, it also hasn't had a life on the on on digital right no so, yeah and, and right now that that's important like when you put up that synthetic 16 record on you know spotify you know uh, it just or you know the streaming sites and service like that's just great you know with like you know older bands doing that from the hardcore scene um you know it, 
it's just great to to have that access because everyone has a phone and sometimes mm-hmm. you're sitting on the train or sometimes you're sitting in the car and you're like, hey, I really want to listen to this outburst CD or like what? Yeah, you know, like anything that you could just basically put on Spotify because it is what it is. That's just what it is. You're not you don't have a record player in your fucking car sitting there trying. <laughs> you know, you just have the access to this stuff. And sometimes people uploaded it to YouTube and it sounds like shit. So this way, at least mm. You know, you're going to get the 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 best sounding quality that you can from this stuff. And it would be great to see Lament on there. And yeah, I would like that too. Yeah. If you did a show. Yeah. Too- and again, I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't want to mislead anybody. There's sure. been no plans. I wouldn't. I'm not. I, I there is talk of trying to figure out to get this done digitally. And I think that's the priority uh, because that also, as you know, that creates the interest. Right. You get it done digitally. People go, holy shit. Maybe you could play something. Yeah. Um, I will tell you this. I the only time you'll ever see us probably do anything, it would be something supporting, you know, pe- peers, like people that are very close to us or significant people that we care about, you know. And you know, we have a lot of, you know, people that were very successful in, in their in their endeavors. Um, Joe has been infinitely successful with maximum penalty more than anything I've ever done with him. But just to have that maybe digitally. Um, and put that out there uh, so that people have access to it. Uh, I don't know what younger people are going to think, but you know, it, it would be cool. I know, like Tom would like it. How? But I, but how cool? You know, like your brother back to Mike. You know, would confused. Like look, look confusion, at that. Yeah, that was huge. I that, mean, that yeah, confusion. Show. Like how how yeah. how cool is that story? And I didn't know anything really about them except for what he told me on the podcast. And mm-hmm. then I listened to the song that they put out. I guess they they released that one song first. And I yeah. was like pretty blown away at the time that it was made and what it sounded like, because it's like, this is still fucking brutal. Like, it's so yeah, it's like, very like it's definitely. So good. Kind of like a, yeah. Yeah. It's very heavy metal. Yeah. And Lament was like that, too. It's very metal ish, you know, so which a lot of the hardcore scene is now. It's not like, you know, stop and go you know, outburst killing time vibes, which I love that stuff for sure. That's my, my shit, you know, but like the really successful bands and some of these like metal core bands, like younger bands, um, you know, I would love to have it digitally. I, you know, I love the New York hardcore scene so much. I've no family has benefited more from the New York hardcore scene than my family. I nobody, and there's really not a lot of people that have like these multiple family members in this niche within a niche of music. Does Joe, you know, does Joe regret not starting a band? I think Joe should have been like a Ruben Kincaid and just managed everybody. That yeah. would have been, that would have been, even like Kevin, like Kevin really isn't a hardcore guy, my brother sure. Kevin, but, yeah. but he managed hardcore bands and he put yeah. together some pretty significant hardcore shows and Castle Heights was a hardcore destination. It was, hey, like, hold on, my fucking cat. <laughs> fucking like, I want to kill your cat's hey. giving us your, your cat's like the sandman at the apollo he's, your cat's the, playing us off get the fuck down. he's trying to knock over a plant <laughs> oh isn't that the best yeah so like i i think that's gonna be the focus like you know we're gonna try to figure out how to get some stuff released digitally and see and let's see you know the, you know i it may or may not happen as far as the show i it's certainly not a plan but i feel like if you get stuff released digitally and it comes out good or you get stuff re-released it's usually accompanied with something. Yeah. So I would like to accompany it with something, but it's not going to be some, you know, back of a fucking, you know, uh, abandoned parking lot deal. Like I, I just, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I love people no, yeah. do that. That's great. But people my age should, I, you know, unless, you know, it's an it. off night for some people, I can't be doing these like, you know, rough and tumble, you know, shit shows like, 
Yo, I'm not I, shitting on anybody. No, dude. I'm just you, saying I, I, you're I right. can't do that. You're right, because sometimes I'm not even going to get too much into details. But, yeah, sometimes mm. we stuff flies around to us. And I'm mm. like, yeah, that's 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 a young man's game. I, I'm not I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and it's it, Sam, I'll, that's meant for young people to build their shit. Like, yeah, that's what that's for. I, we already did that. And I'm I'm tired. I, I'll just sit at home. I don't want to do that at all. Oh, yeah. So. That's the other thing, too. I, I'll sit at home and watch the dentist. You know yeah. what I mean? And then text you and be like, dude. Dentist too, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Yo, so when we when we talked to Brian Usen, the director, you know, he did society, he did oh, uh um, he did a uh, a bunch of shit. And and when he mentioned the dentist, he said he was going for like a Hitchcock de Palma feel. And I was like, you know what? I was like, God damn it. I'm like, I never would have thought of it like that. But it really did like when he described what he was going for, I'm like, you kind of nailed it. Uh, and the second movie was was good, too. But the first one was just great because it was just so, you know, like you, you're thinking a serial like, you know, like a, a slasher, basically, with a dentist. And that's just mm. like, you know, I regret not putting the uh, the OG stepfather in, in one of those categories. Yeah. That was a great. That was a great fucking movie, man. That so was a great movie. the girl in that movie is the main girl in. um in popcorn uh jill okay Sh jill Sholin. so but uh oh is that right oh yeah wow. that's cool so in closing i know you guys talked about some movies uh any recommendations from last year like what were some of your favorite movies from last year well i i uh i went i go to the movies almost every week yeah i have a, a pass but I, I haven't been able to this winter we've just been too busy with real life stuff but um, I, you know, I love the holdovers so much. I saw that in a giant theater with my youngest daughter, uh, Edie, and we were the only people in the theater. It was a week and a half before Christmas, two weeks before Christmas. She just came home from her first college break. And I like I'm one of these dudes like with my stepdaughters. I like to do things with them like let's go to the arcade tonight. Let's go see a movie tonight. Like. With just us, and we'll go hang out, and then you know, it's, I it's always... I see the pictures, and I'm like, this motherfucker you, all the time. You, yeah. You're you're beaming, like you your yeah, love. It's the best. Your love for them is like very like you could see it just from like what you write. Did you see that. them doing the merch at the show? Did you see them doing the merch? Yeah, I did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. What a full circle life that I've had, right? Yeah, that's a so, trip. Um, so I I couldn't believe how good it was. I swear to God, like I and I love Giamatti anyway, you know, and I love uh, what's his face, the uh, director's films there. I've seen a lot of his movies, but not in theaters necessarily. And uh, when I walked out of the theater, I said to Edie and I go, I'm calling this right now. That woman, I don't know her name, is going to win an Academy Award. She's going to win the Golden Globe, and he's going to get nominated for Best Actor with a Kid. He's going to get nominated for Best Picture. He's going to get nominated for Best Screenplay. He's going to get nominated for Best Director. It's that kind of had that kind of impact on me, and, it, and, and it I did, and it did all of that. Divine Joy, uh, Divine Joy Brown. If I'm apologies for my mistake, her name. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, this is like this like stands out to me, like you know, as something so powerful on my um, goddamn list, and it's it hit Peacock, and I just haven't had the chance to basically like just sit down for two hours. Oh, and so watch good. it. I know Giamatti is Giamatti is. Yeah, he was on Stern today, wasn't he? Giamatti. He was this week. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That guy, I mean, you talk about an unlikely star. Yeah, right. Honestly, absolutely. He's yeah. got a face like a catcher's mitt. He's got a body <laughs> like a. He's got a body. He's got a body like a like a rubber fire hydrant. Yeah. And you know, I, if he was just pig virus, whatever, pig yeah. vomit, whatever, that would be cool, right? He would be cool with that. 
But he's so, I mean, I remember seeing him in John Adams and I'm like, this is Paul Giamatti. It's like ridiculous. Like he's an excellent actor. Um, I remember seeing him and being like, uh, hey, Donnie, what does forget about it mean? What is oh forget my God. <laughs> Sometimes it's just forget about it. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, and his dad, you know, he's a Brooklyn guy. He's born and raised yeah, in yeah. Carroll Gardens. And his dad was the fucking baseball commissioner. Amazing. He died. At, his dad is the reason Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. His father was Bart Giamatti. He was the baseball commissioner. He banned Pete Rose from life. Then he got sick and died while in office, as they say. And every commissioner since then, no one wants to be the one to overturn his dying creed. Oh, I, you know, I didn't know the insight to that. That's an, I, that's I what no it idea. is. That's wow. fact. Yeah, that's fact. That's a fact. And Paul Giamatti, again, not the, I'm not trying to be a douche. He's just not a Hollywood looking man. And to see this guy be in this conversation with A-list people, with 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 films like Oppenheimer, which was fantastic. I really love Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't know what you thought about it. I so loved it. I saw I, it I, saw, I saw Oppenheimer. Um, I saw Oppenheimer. I mm. it it just in retrospect, it probably wasn't for me because there was no mm. time travel. There was no interstellar. There was just it was like watching a book report. And I get it. I'm just not a big history buff. Uh, I didn't watch Killers yet. Um, oh, I, I heard it's really still. Some people love beautiful. it. Some people hate it. Yeah. So, did you see Maestro? Because I just saw that last week. My brother Mike said you need to watch this movie. Oh, really? I loved it. I f- can't believe how much we loved it. Me and my wife stood there immediately. We were like, okay, now it's a different Academy Awards season because now I had no idea this movie was this powerful. Um, what, about, Cooper's what, what about Poor Things? I didn't see poor things. So I don't poor, know why poor I things. Seen it. Yeah, to me, like it, it didn't. I, I, I watched it maybe like the first week of twenty four, so I missed mm-hmm. it for my list. But holy shit, like that movie She's something though. She's is unfucking. Like I love the lobster and killing of a sacred deer, but this movie, me too, part, big this fan. Movie in particular is is more in, in line with the lobster, just the absurdity and surrealism. But it's just. It, it whatever it's going to win it deserves because it's unbelievable um visual like i can't say enough about it and when you watch it i, I you know you'll probably feel well i'll tell you I'll, I'll just i'll just say this really quick me and my daughters were supposed to go see it when they were home from college when it first came oh, out it's that's and a then, weird well, one to well, see with your daughter well let me well let me tell you let me stop you right there <laughs> so then all of a sudden i'm researching it online <laughs> And I'm like, because I forget it's the lobster, uh, dog tooth, dog tooth guy, right? Yeah. I'm, forget, I'm not going to take my kids to see the dog tooth guy movie. But, you know, it's Emma Stone. They love Emma Stone. They love her. They love, 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 love her. So I'm talking to my wife and I go, listen, I got an awkward situation here. I was like, so I want to see this movie. The, the girls want to see it. I was like, Emma Stone is like a fucking whore in this movie, banging everybody with full nudes. Like, and she's like, yeah, go see something else. So we went and saw um, the space station movie. The low, did oh, you hear about I, You know, uh, I wanted to watch that. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Cool movie. It's a little okay. understated film. So we went and saw that instead because, and I never told the kids why we switched movies. I just couldn't bring myself to say, listen, Emma Stone is like doing full nudes, fucking like people as a dead body in this movie. I don't really want to watch that with you. Yeah, Can we go see the space station movie where they try to kill each other. In space I station? so I my friend Rick, my shout out to Rick. 
he we were texting each other and and he lives by that theater in new jersey that's been open for 92 years he's like oh they're closing it in like ridgewood mm. new jersey and he's like uh i'm gonna go see poor things he's like i'm gonna take my uh my daughter and her and her boyfriend i wasn't oh. i wasn't thinking anything oh, God, when, so I, was, I, this. I wasn't thinking anything when he told me this i was like oh my god it's so good it's such a great movie you're gonna love it and then the next day he's like yo he's like Man, was that really uncomfortable? And I was like, oh, my God, you said your t- your daughter and her boyfriend. Oh, my God, that must have been. Yeah, so. It's... He's like, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's like, I just I don't need that. In my, like we, we, we saw the Lego movie together. Like, I don't need to see this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know, we go to Marvel movies together. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not taking them to see that. So I'm glad I didn't do it. But the Space State, the uh, ISS, whatever it's called. Weird movie. Weird little artsy tense dude like i gotta be honest with you. i think you really like that film it is a tense it's uncomfortable man like you're like oh looking around like what the fuck are they gonna do uh you know the premise right yeah i do know the premise i wanted to watch it yeah yeah phenomenal it's- i i think it might be on a list for people next year because it's very uh, it's an understated film but for the budget they probably had the shit looks good the acting is very good um, you know, uh, I think the guy, uh, Messina is his last name. I forget his first name. He's a guy's been a lot of stuff, but it's the girl who won the Academy Award for West Side Story, played Maria, is the lead in it. She's good. She's very good, actually. And then there's like, it's it's such a cool, it's an interesting concept. There's eight speaking parts in this whole fucking movie, dude. I mean, eight speaking parts? You don't see that that often. I, I love, I love Uncomfortable. I really do. Oh, then you need to, you need to make this a priority. Uh, I will say this before we wrap up. I'm a little disappointed in like there hasn't really been a, a strong horror movie. I recently watched on Shutter uh, that uh, the Heather Graham movie. I did not like it. Um, I didn't like. I like Joe Lynch. I like his movies. Yeah, I didn't like it. I love Heather Graham and I love Barbara Crampton. And I was yeah, like, oh, this was is, great. This is going to be really cool. And mm. by and I I watched it even before, like when it hit VOD, I was like, I got to rent this. And yeah. I watched it and I was like, didn't like it. I don't like this at all. And I felt bad. I never even said anything about it because I, I didn't want to knock yeah. it. But yeah, me yeah. neither. But I didn't. Right. And yeah. destroy all neighbors. I thought it was OK. OK. Uh, Okay. Yeah. That it was, was it. That's it all was, I would say about it. It was like <laughs> okay. okay. Like yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really think anything of it. Um. Uh, like it was just a fun watch. Like yeah, it was funny. It was like a, you know, it's it's so it's one joke for like ninety five minutes, right? It was. But one, I like the I, I, I like I like the uh, the prog rock element. I didn't know that actually was a running joke in their prog rock. So that was kind of fucking funny. So it? I mean, like, that was the appeal for me. That was the appeal mm-hmm. to because of that um there was one movie that was like super there was two movies that were super uncomfortable uh that are currently up on shutter amc plus uh speak no evil oh we we did a whole show about that i mean wow right (laughs) oh my yo i tell people i'm like yeah it's like there's nothing really to it kind of but like once it starts unraveling itself and you start seeing oh my god but by the oh time you God. get to the end, you're just like, you're so angry. You're like, you want to beat the TV. <laughs> yeah, it's it, you, you, it, it gave me actually martyrs kind of vibes. Like after watching martyrs for the first yeah. time, like, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? just yeah. like you, it, it, because I, I understand anyone watching it being like that bored the shit out of me. But mm-hmm. you have to really just watch it and like watch yeah. these these people they're doing a remake to it from blumhouse it's already shot it's already shot 
I yeah. I'll watch Ugh. it, but uh, yeah, exactly. And then the last yeah. thing I will say is Birth Rebirth. Did you watch that? My brother Mike keeps telling me you have to watch it. You have you to watch, have it. To watch it. it. It's you're very... the only two people I know have seen it. Yeah, like, that talk about it like at that level. Great. Did you see Godzilla? You know, I'm not a Godzilla guy, but I'll tell you this: I've not one negative thing. Not at, a single out of the negative. 20 people that I know that have seen it. Even the black and white version, everyone's like, mm. "Yo, it was so good." It's brilliant. It's fucking. It's brilliant. It, if there was no Godzilla in it, it would be a brilliant drama. I heard I'm that too. Answer. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard that you could it take is, Godzilla. You could take Godzilla. It just happens to have a Godzilla in it. Um, that movie deserves. When you see it, you're gonna be like, "Yep, I get the hype." That was one of the things I saw it, and I had such a real reaction to see. I didn't see an IMAX, which I regret so much. But I had a. Re- there was a guy sitting next to me with his like ten or eleven year old son. And the kid was reacting like the way we would watching a rubber Godzilla, like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, like reacting like a 10 year old boy. And the dad, I you just felt like there was mostly older men, single men in this movie, like, you know, because, you know, they had no one to see it with. And then, like, I, I don't recall a lot of people clapping at horror movies on the end. People were clapping like, yeah, like, oh, my God, like people loved it, you know, and I, I that is so that is- taken by it that's the beauty of of a good audience when you watch a movie that is still like the magic there there are times you know when we watch thanksgiving um mm. i which i love that saw it twice i love it it's fun yeah. when when i watched it there was like just this row of people in front of us that just like i'm like i want to just i want to fight at, like line <laughs> you guys up one through seven um, that were just annoying with the phone and the talk. I'm like, mm. oh, oh my god, yeah, that's so, annoying. So that can ruin, you know. But like when you get like a really good audience for like a movie like that, like we had a great audience for Terrifier too, where everyone, yeah, we did too. Everyone just knew and like it was just like, oh my oh, yeah. god, it was just great. Um, yeah. that that's still the beauty of of going to a theater, uh, which I love. Like you, I I try to yeah, go, I love as it as much as possible. But yo, we could do this forever, and I, I, actually I know, have, brother. I, I, I have to go, but it was fun. I'm glad we could do it and we could do it whenever you want to. And uh, man, awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, what's well, people check out the uh, Spitball Media podcast. You know, yeah, we, gonna, we do these every week, we do these conversations. I'm going to put the links up for everything. I'll probably put this out Monday because I have an episode for Friday. And uh, yo, tell tell Shaheen, like, yeah, the dead. <laughs> I, 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 I love that he pulled that. And I love that uh, I think B Show might have done. Um, demon night if i remember which i thought was great yeah yeah well yeah i'll definitely send them your love man and uh keep putting out the hits buddy you know my family's a big fan yeah yeah i'm a big fan you of the know uh, you know i'm a big fan a big of the fan. family too so uh yeah. john we'll talk yeah much love brother all right Later, brother bye.